Hello, friends. Jump from that conga line and into the mosh pit. You're listening to Blame It On Buffet. Well, I sailed from Lauderdale down to Key Largo. Crossed the Gulf on a fast loop and I sailed the Abacos. As a kid, I read Contiki and now all the pirate books too. There's just so many places on my list to see. I'm going crazy just trying to choose. Hey everybody, welcome black back black the wow, really great start to this episode. I'm not gonna edit that. Um I was gone last week because I had a work thing, so um, once again, if I don't do this every week, I basically can't speak anymore and I'm out of practice. So sorry about that. Um, I do think the interview uh, is okay. I didn't go blah, blah, blah too much in the interview. So um, you don't have to worry about that. But uh, thank you so much for being here and for listening. If you're listening on Tiki Man Radio, thank you so much. Um, I just am still tickled uh, to be able to say that I'm on the radio, even though it's not like a live show or anything, but I thanks so much to Danny for, for taking a chance on me. Um, insert ABBA here. Uh, and anyway, this is not an ABBA podcast. This is a Jimmy Buffett podcast. A um, little bit of housekeeping before we get to the interview. I just want to remind people that the Back to the Island Society event is um, ready to rock in Key West uh, during Meeting the Minds. So you can go check that out on the website. I'm pleased to say that our website does work on Facebook and Instagram now. Hopefully that will continue to be the case. Um, we finally somehow managed to fix that. But um, so yeah, go to backtotheisland.org and there are, you do not need a VIP pass to get into the Margaritaville where our event is happening. We have awesome bands, but the VIP pass does get you a lot of perks, um, and a designated area. And if you know anything about the Margaritaville during me in the mines, it gets real crowded. So if you're interested in that at all, go check it out. Um, there's also just constant shirts dropping all the time, um, over at the website, Dan Smith uh, is just killing it with those shirts. I'm always like, oh, hopefully this one's bad so that I won't have to buy it. But no, um, they're all great. So um, my money is just flying out the window. Um, And then I also wanted to mention really quickly that uh, you can, if you've heard of the Mango Mag, it's like a really cool magazine about uh, Jimmy Buffett stuff, parrot head stuff, tropical stuff. um, And... uh, you can check that out and then also get a discount if you use uh, the code BTTI. Um, and if you use that code, you get a $5 discount and um, they give $5 to Back to the Island, um, which then obviously goes to charity. So uh, just a cool way to get some cool magazines and then also, you know, save a little bit of money, give a little money to charity, like win, win, win for everybody. So um, thanks to the mango mag for doing that. Uh, Yeah, that's just, I I mean, listen, I know that this is Blame It On Buffett podcast, not Back to the Island Society podcast, but I'm on the board for that. I think it's a great cause. Um, So I'm probably going to mention stuff on the podcast a lot. If you, um, you know, if there's stuff that I think you guys might benefit from and that we might be able to get some money to charity. So 
hope you don't mind about that. Um, it is really cool cause and there are really cool shirts and actually hats now, all sorts of things. So I encourage you to go check that out if you have not. Um, so yeah, the interview this week, I am honestly super excited about because it is very different. Um, uh, it's a punk band is, well, one guy from the punk band, um, which I know you're thinking punk band, like why would you have them on Blame It On Buffett? But I mean, we'll get into all of it, but just real quick, like do not tune out. You are going to want to hear this interview. Um, please, please don't be scared away by the fact that they are a punk band because um, this interview is really great, I thought. And Garrett, the guy I interview, is just a delight. Um, and their band is doing a cover, or they have a cover of Margaritaville and an EP that is um, just all sort of, if Jimmy Buffett was punk, kind of, you know, like, it's just like has those vibes. So I it's, I'm really excited about it. I think you should check it out. Um, definitely keep listening because, um, you know, he does, he is in a punk band, but Garrett, uh, you know, has been listening to Jimmy Buffett since he was a kid, just some lovely stories to be told. And I really hope that, um, yeah, you'll check it out after you hear everything he has to say. Uh, we talk about why Jimmy Buffett is punk rock. Um, and I just had a great time with this interview talking to Garrett. And I just think it's cool to be able to bring you something a little different. Um, I love obviously talking about Jimmy Buffett. I'll do it all the time, all day, every day. Um, and we do talk about Jimmy Buffett on, in this interview as well. But like approaching it from a totally different perspective um, talking about why, you know, sort of the punk scene and the parad scene is similar. Like, it's just so fascinating. I think I learned a lot as someone that is not, um, would never claim to be, a, you know, know a lot about punk music. Uh, I really learned a lot in this episode talking to Garrett and I hope that you will too. And I hope that you enjoy it. So, um, here's the interview with Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's interview for Blame It on Buffett. Um, my guest this week is Garrett Hollowell from the band Dead Words. Um, and this is kind of an interesting um, interview for this podcast because, Garrett, your band is actually a punk band. Yeah. So that's a fun, um, not my usual kind of musicians that I have. Like, what made you, you reached out to me. So, like, what made you think, like, oh, this would be a good interview to, or like, you know, this would be good for Blame It on Buffett. Um, well, I uh, I am a fan of the podcast. Um, Thank you. And we released this EP uh, called pa Patron Saints of Paradise Vibes. And it's all summer songs, uh, beachy type songs, including a cover of Margaritaville uh, and a song that I wrote that... Uh, fully intended to be uh, my my idea of what it would sound like if Jimmy Buffett wrote a punk rock song. Um, and that's the Tiki one? Yes, Tiki Lounge. And so after doing that, I was like, well, I like this podcast and we're doing this interesting thing that uh, we're calling... We've went through a couple of different ideas. We typically label ourselves as dirty pop because um, we're on the poppier end of the punk idea. So we said, let's call it dirty trop um, mm. and play off of that. But we played with power trop, uh, trop punk, all of these various things. 
Um, but I thought it would be fun to talk to uh, talk to you about the similarities in the punk scene and the parrot head scene. And uh, I believe Jimmy Buffett is absolutely a punk rocker. Um, and just talk about the EP. And I just thought it would be a fun idea. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you reaching out. Like I said, I, I don't think... Well, first of all, I don't know if I would have ever heard of your this really interesting thing that you're doing. But also, like, I don't know if I would have thought, like, oh, I should reach out to a punk band <laughs> to be on this podcast. Because, you know, usually uh, you listen, like, we usually have, like, trap rock musicians or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so the, the crossing of genres in this um, EP that you put out is super interesting, I think. Um, and I always, like, really... One of my goals on this podcast is um, just having a variety of guests and, you know, not just having the same thing every time, the same conversation every time, um, you know, partly for my sake, <laughs> partly because I think the listeners, you know, get a kick out of hearing different things, too. So I'm really excited to have you on. I think um, this is adds a little spice to the usual um type of as much as I love the usual type of interview that I do this is just something a little different so um I really appreciate you taking the time to reach out and be like hey I think you might like this thing um and I have to say that I am not um a punk aficionado I do not know I mean obviously like I know like you the you know your typical probably more on the pop side punk bands and um I've listened to punk before but I wouldn't say that like I know a lot about punk so I I like sent your EP to my friend who's like into punk and was like what do you think like should I interview these guys and he was like oh yeah that's cool like you should nice that's awesome (laughs) so um so you got the pass from my friend Tim um shout out to Tim he's not listening to this but um (laughs) (laughs) well thank you Tim we appreciate it um so yeah so I have to say like I'm just owning up to that now like I'm not I I don't know if I could even talk that intelligently about punk generally or the punk scene. Um, So I'm leaving, I'm, you know, I'm going to leave that up to you uh, because you're the expert. Um, But I will say that I did listen um, and to the new EP and which um, like you said, is patron saints of paradise vibes. I just want to say that again, in case people didn't hear it the first time. Um, And it was very, I think, you know, for most people, and especially someone that is a Jimmy Buffett fan, you know, you writing songs about the beach, you know, about like tiki drinks and things like definitely makes um, it more approachable for people that maybe don't listen to punk as much or, you know, haven't really um, gotten into punk or maybe just or think like, oh, punk, that's not a genre I like. But then like you listen to this and it's like, like, yes, the, the, the style of music is very different than say Jimmy Buffett's song, but definitely the vibes are there. The, you know, what the songs are about are there. Um, so I really encourage people, I'll put, put the links to, um, the, the band camp and everything, um, in the show notes so people can go check it out. I encourage people to go listen to it, but what made you guys decide because I you know I looked at your other music too and it's not like you know it's not like every of your albums is like this dirty trop or um trop punk uh so what made you decide to go that direction with this EP specifically um so actually it started um, probably 20 
2015, 2016, somewhere in there, we, uh, my parents, both big parrot heads. Um, and anytime you went to our house in the backyard by the pool, uh, you would always had, they had radio Margaritaville playing on the XM radio all the time. And that was always playing in our backyard. Uh, they loved the beach. They actually were at, uh, the Margaritaville Bozier city opening Jimmy played. They oh, cool. didn't get tickets in time. It sold out, but they were up at the bar at, that like overlooks the theater. I haven't been to that one yet. Uh, but my understanding is there's a bar that kind of overlooks through a window. You can hear the music in there, everything. And they start clearing out the bar and the, my parents are like, do we need to go? The bartender was like, no, you're cool. This VIP event goes on and they get to see Jimmy for free up with this VIP event. Um, oh, wow. Cool random little story. But uh, <clears throat> that's kind of who they were. Um, uh, who And so we practiced in their backyard in a barn um, that was back there. And so we started covering Margaritaville, kind of just as a joke. I learned the chords and uh, we started playing it when my dad was outside doing work or working on the pool or whatever. And, um, started going, this is kind of fun. Like this is a fun song to play. And, uh, in 2016, my dad passed away and, I'm sorry. uh, yeah, it, it kind of became this like, okay, maybe we play this for him, you mm-hmm. know? And then, Gradually, I started, I had the song, before he passed, I had the song called This Summer that I had been working on. We kind of were playing it a little bit. Um, and then I wanted to write a surfy song, so I wrote Landlocked in Texas. Uh, and just kind of, it manifested into this, uh, what it is now. So it all kind of started from playing Margaritaville. And then uh, after he passed, I really got into Jimmy Buffett, uh again, and, and on a deeper level, cause I feel like it helped me connect. Um, mm-hmm. and so we, uh, we kind of wrote all this stuff and, uh, when we had landlocked this summer in Margaritaville, I wrote Tiki Lounge. I was like, I want to write a Jimmy Buffett song. Um, but as if it were played by like the Ramones or Green Day or somebody like that uh, or, or us. And, <laughs> So I wrote that one and then uh, my daughter was born in 2019 and I sang the song Pearly Shells to her from the time she was in the hospital. That was the song I sang to her to get her to go to sleep. Um, and so I kind of was like, we'll do Margaritaville as this memorial and then we'll do Pearly Shells as this like celebration of new life. Uh, and then Beach Somewhere, the last song on the record I, I wrote uh, after my dad passed just about him. Um that's kind of, that is specifically written as a tribute to him and as kind of my uh, thought process. And uh, there's even a line in that song that I called him a parrot head. Uh, and he said, you know what? Yeah, I like big water and living life the way it should be. And he was like, so I guess that's me. I'm a parrot head. And <laughs> uh, so I took that and that's a line in beach somewhere. Um but that's kind of the culmination of it. It, it uh, became a tribute to him, uh, formed kind of out of this having fun playing Margaritaville and then just kind of like all the events that happened 
kind of culminated in us putting out this record that uh, kind of describes us. We like to have fun. We all are uh, laid back, beachy kind of guys. And so uh, it is different than most of what we have. And um, the next stuff that we're going to put out uh, that we already have written isn't necessarily in this vein, but we have decided we're going to do a volume two in the not too, not too distant future. Cause we had such a good time doing this. So, but that's, it, it kind of came from this place of wanting to put out something to remember my dad and something that uh, just felt fun and beachy and, and had that vibe. So. That's really great. I, um, I feel like, you know, you listen to things, sometimes songs and you don't always know, the stories behind it right especially with you know I guess like with a style like punk is a little more like you wouldn't expect there to be sort of so much of these like really important to you emotional things behind these songs you know like your your dad and and your daughter like I think that that's really adds such a interesting um, depth to the music too. When you listen, like definitely I'm going to go back and listen to those songs again now with like knowing that, because I think that's like a really big part of music. And I think that that really crosses over with Jimmy's music a lot too, is that, you know, the majority of his songs have these stories behind. It's not just like, Oh, I like to go to the beach. You know, it's like, no, I, this song was written because this thing happened to me or, you know, about my daughter or, you know, those kinds of things. So I think that's like a really interesting parallel with Jimmy's music. Well, I think it's fun. Cause like, uh, you know, over quarantine, they, Jimmy did the whole songs you don't know by heart, mm-hmm. uh, record. And, and they kind of did the YouTube videos where he talked a little bit about those songs and why they, and, even, I mean, he's a storyteller and there's songs that you don't fully realize what they're about until you kind of hear him tell you what they're about. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so I feel like, yeah, that's, we're storytellers in a very similar vein. Um, and I take that same approach to writing whatever we're writing whether it's a really fast punky song or it's the most melodic thing we write. Uh, it's I, I'm all about telling stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and I think the, it's interesting to, you know, talk, you talking about your dad, because I, I feel like I'm seeing that a lot um, with people who, either got into Jimmy Buffett because their parents liked it or um, just it was a thing that they shared with their parents. Like if, I don't know if you're in like any of the Buffett Facebook groups, but people are always, you know, saying like, Oh, you know, my parents, like this is a memory that I have with them or like, you know, they passed away and this is the day that we like went to this concert together, that kind of thing. Um, And it really feels like, Jimmy, but I mean, maybe this is true of lots of bands, but I feel like I, because I'm sort of like all up in the Jimmy Buffett groups, you know, Um, I feel like I see that so much with Jimmy Buffett that like, he is like very multi-generational in a way that um, like, I guess, cross-generational in a way that like people and their parents 
went to shows together, you know, and whether that's like, you know, a, someone that's 20 now and their parents are, you know, how old 20 year olds, you know, or like me and my parents or even people who are like 40 or 50 and like their parents, you know, like, I think it's like all the different sort of ages. You see this a lot where it's like a thing families um, have shared and like got either gone to shows together or just shared a love of the music. And it, um, it's really nice to see like that has really brought people together so much. And as a, a way of remembering, um, you know, family members who've passed, like I see people talking about that in the groups a lot. So I definitely think that that's another, you know, special thing that Jimmy's music brings uh, to the table that maybe other musicians and bands don't quite have as much. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because like I'm not hearing people talk about it as much. But um, do you think that's the case? I, I think I think I'm sure there are other. Uh, you know, as you look at families, there's other people. But I do think Jimmy has this special thing, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like he is just like you said, cross generational. I think it benefits because you can't tie him down to one sound or one genre. I mean, he sounds like Jimmy Buffett, but Mm -hmm. he's not so country that people who don't like country don't like Jimmy Buffett. And he's not so rock and roll that people who don't like rock and roll or, you know, so on and so forth. And, and, and there's something I I saw him live for the first time after my dad passed, Uh, my wife and I went, and seeing him live, like there, a there were so many families there, not just mm-hmm. the parents, but they brought their kids, and it was multi generational there. And I think it's just a fun show. Like it is, it doesn't matter. Even if you like Jimmy's music at all, you can't help but have a good time mm-hmm. when you're there. I absolutely believe that. Um, but I do think there's something special about him. I have a friend who her dad passed quite a few years ago, but her family, since she was little, little went and saw Jimmy every time he played in Dallas and they still go. And it's kind of become for them a, a celebration of their family, of her dad's life, of that tradition. And I do think that that's something that is unique to Jimmy in a lot of ways. I think, uh, like I said, I'm sure there are people who, um, I don't know, the Eagles or the Rolling Stones or something is special for their family. But I can't imagine that it is quite the same as a family who is united under Jimmy Buffett and and the culture that he's created. And I think that's a big thing. He's created a culture, not just a fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point too, about like his style of, like you said, like, yeah, maybe there's, you know, other bands who have been, are also around for a long time. Like, yeah, maybe there's families that have like, you know, Rolling Stones is like their thing, but like Rolling Stones isn't quite as approachable by as wide of a range of people. Um <clears throat> Whereas Jimmy Buffett, like you said, just seems to be that perfect blend of like, 
even if like Jimmy Buffett's not your favorite, you can't really listen to Jimmy Buffett and be like, I hate this. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, absolutely. It's, it's kind of impossible to be like, this is terrible and I hate it because it's just like so inoffensive, <laughs> and, you know? Um, and it's also interesting, the point you made about like families going to concerts together. Um, I also, someone posted in the, one of the Facebook groups uh, yesterday or the day before I saw it and she was like, I have this extra ticket and I want to take my daughter to this Jimmy Buffett concert. She, she's like 11. Um, but I have a family member that thinks that it's like too inappropriate. Like I shouldn't take her because it's too, the scene is like too adult or like Jimmy. And she was like, what do you all, you know, asking people in the group, like, what do you all think of this? And of course everybody was like, that's stupid. <laughs> like you should take your daughter. Um, you know, and like, yes, Jimmy Buffett concerts, like there's a lot of drinking. There's, you know, probably people smoking weed, um, but like generally besides like a few drunk people, I feel like the overall vibe is like very family friendly. Um, Jimmy is a very family friendly kind of like maybe his, a few of his songs have like some swears. Like I feel like the first swears that I heard were like, you know, <clears throat> like uncle John's band <laughs> covers like where he's like, God damn, I declare. I was like, Ooh, you know, cause I was like six or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like that's a really like like um, mild way to ease your kids into stuff that like they're going to hear very quickly in sure. real life anyway. So, um, especially uh, this makes I just I'm gonna sound so old, but especially like nowadays, I feel like even more than when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, it's just for sure out there. So, <clears throat> um, so yeah, everybody was like, "No, you should take your kid. That's stupid." But it is interesting to me that there like are people out there that think of Jimmy Buffett as like an adult well, <laughs> kind of show. And I think like, so I, I got a, a funny thing is my parents, my mom more so my dad didn't care. My mom, anytime, why don't we get drunk and screw came on? It was over. She was like, switch the station. We'll turn it back on with this. <laughs> like, that's the one song that she's like, I wish she never wrote this. Uh, but everything else about it is so like, it, it, nothing else mattered. That was the one song for her. And so it, it is funny because there's nothing. Yes. There's Margaritaville that is about drinking. I mean, most of mm -hmm. his songs are about drinking, but it's never like, like my wife, uh, when they were kids, the song they always asked her dad to put on in the car was volcano. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she didn't realize that wasn't a kid's song. Right. Until, you know, like that type of thing. And so, uh, I don't know. It's funny that people think that, and I guess if you only see clips of like the parking lot before, uh, right. Like, the <laughs> like, like a lot, but even then, like you skip that if, if you feel like that's not cool for your kid, but you go to the show and I mean, the one I went to, there was nothing going on. I mean, yeah, there were people a little bit in front of us who were smoking weed. There was a lot of drinking, but there was never a moment that I was like, I felt like I gauged that with my kids. Like if I'm uncomfortable, then they probably shouldn't be witnessing it. Mm -hmm. um, and there was nothing that was like, this is too adult. Like there were families, there were other young kids around and I didn't look at them and go, you shouldn't be here. Um, yeah, I, but it it is funny that people see it that way. But I guess if you only know Margaritaville and I, I, I don't know, that's funny. Yeah. yeah and even Margaritaville is like, I feel like it's maybe 
yeah, why don't we get drunk? Which uh, I don't think I've ever uh, told, well, it's not only a story, but said this on the podcast before. I also, like, as a kid, why don't we get drunk and screw was, like, the one song that I was like, mm, no, pass. Because like, <laughs> I was, like, you know, listening to it since I was, like, born, basically. Um, so, you know, I was just like, oh, gross. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Until I was <clears throat> older, obviously. But there was definitely a time period where, I was just, you know, would also skip that song. That was like maybe the one song that I would skip. And then like, as I got older, it wasn't even so much the, um, that I was more like, okay, like I'm, I'm more down with this subject matter. It's just that that song is so freaking catchy. And like, when it comes on, you can't help, but just like sing out the words really loud, you know? Um, and so it, it definitely like worked its way into my <laughs> good graces, but, but definitely as a kid, I was like, no, like this is a gross for adults, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> at, I'm sure, I don't really know at what point I like understood what the screwing part even meant. Um, but I'm sure that was the point where I was like, oh, gross, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but now like I would never skip that song, you know? Sure. Um, so it's, and I think someone else uh, that I saw in the comments said that I, I don't know if this is maybe not true of all venues, but they said like the venue they usually go to has like a family section where it's like, oh, if you sit in this certain section, that's kind of like where the families sit. So it's less raucous and there's like more kids just together as a group. So that's kind of a cool thing. That too. is cool. Yeah. Um, I went to my first show when I was in like second or third grade. So I, I definitely was one of the people being like, no, you should totally take your kids to yeah. the Jimmy Buffett concert. Um, but it, actually that's kind of an interesting, I haven't been to like a lot of punk shows, but like I assume maybe just, this is just because I don't know much about punk and I just have like stereotypes, but I would assume those kinds like punk shows are less family friendly than like a Jimmy Buffett show. But like what, what's kind of like a punk show like compared to, like a Jimmy Buffett show. Um, you know, it's funny because I think that there's a lot of similarities. Um, first of all, like, I, I mean, content wise, yeah, there's probably some things that are maybe not kid friendly. Um, but I, I really think the vibe, you've got mm. older guys that are bringing their kids to shows. You've got we typically try to only play all ages shows as much as we can. Um, mm. I got into the punk metal hardcore scene. I started listening to punk music like fourth, fifth grade. Um, and my first show, I, uh, I was in like sixth grade. And so I was young going to punk rock shows Um but it kind of, it's a family that kind of gathers around you and raises you up. And, and um, so I know it, 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 I, on the surface, it can look very not family friendly, not kid friendly. But when you kind of are there, it's really not... It's kind of a same vibe where, where on the outside it can look very not family friendly, very unsafe, mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. raucous. Um, but in reality, there, there's very few shows that 
there's not somebody there to look out for you. And there's not somebody like we look out for the younger kids. We kind of, I, I got into it cause I was a weirdo and it was a place where I could be a weirdo. And mm. I felt like I fit in. I found a family and I haven't left it since. And um, I think in a lot of ways, kind of watching the Jimmy Buffett community, watching the, the parrot head community um, from the outside looking in, uh, I see a lot of the same thing where it's like, you can go to a Jimmy Buffett show and it doesn't matter who you are, uh, where you're from, you're welcomed in and everybody's there to have a good time with you. And yeah, so it's kind of the same thing, um, where I can understand the appearance looking unsafe, uh, or unfamily friendly, but in reality, it's like, now, language a little, is a little more coarse, typically, than hmm. Jimmy. But uh, if you can get past that part, it, it's kind of a very welcoming, family-friendly scene. So <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah, I, the thing you're saying about, like, it being a community and sort of a family, I definitely feel like that's what the parrothead community or the Jimmy Buffett, like, it's kind of like, oh, you like this thing too? We're friends now. You know, like, how can I support you? How can I, you know, how can we like be friends and hang out? And um, I definitely have found that um, the the Parrothead community um, and which was sort of like my first, like the actual Parrothead Club was my first like um, intro into the like general community of Jimmy Buffett. Like I liked Jimmy Buffett since forever, but that when I joined, that was like the first time I was kind of like in the community. Um, but then just g- the general Jimmy Buffett fan base too. Like, it's just very, like you said, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, wh- what, where you're from or like, you just like, this we're all in this thing together because we love Jimmy Buffett. Um, and people are very, for the most part, very supportive. Um, and it sounds like from what you're saying, that's very similar in the punk scene as well. So that's really interesting. Cause I definitely didn't know that. Um, but it makes sense because like you said, the scenes where you can kind of be a weirdo and like be yourself, which I feel like maybe it's in different sorts of ways, but the parrot head scene is definitely like that too. You know, like people are just like out at the concerts wearing all sorts of crazy stuff. Like you can just be yourself and be um, a little out there and it's totally, you know, like we're all fruitcakes. So yeah. <laughs> like people accept are just very accepting of, of that. Um, so I think that's really cool that that's like a similar vibe in the punk scene too. Are there different, like, does it depend on the band as well? Like maybe I'm sure there's probably punk bands that are like way more adult and then ones that maybe do, you know, a little bit more family friendly content. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's definitely bands that are more intense and would not be like the best place to take your kids. Um, and, And I think the biggest thing is, there's a lot of people that will take their kids to these shows despite lyrical content, despite things like that, because they understand like at the end of the day, there's a message in what's being said that they believe in, that they're wanting their kids to hear. Uh, They want to get their kids into music that they believe is good music. And they know, Hey, this is a place where if my nine, 10, 11 year old wants to go and get in the pit, all of these other dudes are going to take care of them and have fun with them and, and make Mm. it, 
Uh, I mean, there's a place in Dallas called Three Links, and it's kind of our it's our home venue. It's our favorite venue to play. But that's a place that anytime there's a kid there and they want to get involved and they want to have a good time, everybody there rallies around them and make sure they're safe, make sure that they have a good time, but make sure that that night is something that kid will remember forever. Uh, and so it makes, I think that's what makes this special in a similar way to, to a Jimmy Buffett concert is everybody there knows how important that music scene is to them. And so they want to make sure that somebody who's new to it gets that full experience and truly understands why it's special and why it's important. Um, and so I think it's, it's a very similar thing uh, to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like, it's like the same, except, you know, it's like conga lines and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It, exactly. Like we have a different group dance that we do, but otherwise it's basically the same. Exactly. I mean. <clears throat> that's, that's super cool. And I, yeah, I didn't mention before, but you're based in Texas, right? So yes. um, that's like your, your stomping grounds. Um, do you do shows? Like, do you tour too, or mostly just do shows in Texas? Yeah, we tour. We, uh, typically we, in a year will hit most of the country. Uh, so we've toured all over the United States for the last 10 years, minus last year when we were all stuck at home. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but we've, we've spent the last 10 years touring the U S and Canada pretty relentlessly, um, playing every, uh, kitchen to every dive bar to every club that'll book us. So, so, and that's a thing that, you know, we were kind of talking about a little bit before we started recording, but, um, you do like house shows, house, we call them house concerts in the trap rock world, but you were mentioning that that's like a thing that, that you do in the punk scene as well as just like play at people's houses. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big thing in our world, just like it's a big thing in the parrot head community. Uh, it looks very different. Um, for us, it's not so much, uh, I mean, I say it looks very different. It looks different. Uh, it's a relative thing because in the same way that at a house concert, from my understanding, everybody's kind of there, they're hanging out, they're sitting around, they're drinking uh, mm -hmm. and listening to the artist and sort of a storyteller type of uh, situation is kind of the typical thing from my understanding. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. We do full band and it's just like you would see us if we played at, you know, a, a club or whatever. Um it's, it's full band. It's the full punk show just we're in somebody's living room or we're in somebody's mm, basement. Cool. And so you still have people crowd surfing. You still have people uh, moshing. You still have. Uh, and I think from, from what, especially listening to your podcast, kind of how you talk about the house concerts, it's a very similar thing. It's so much more special. Um, when very, it's just more intimate. Yes. It feels. Yeah. Like. And it's, when we have, you know, a hundred people shoved into a basement that probably should only fit 30. Um, it's, uh, everybody's singing. You don't have to worry about fire codes. <laughs> it's, it's very unsafe. Um, but don't bring uh, your kids to that show. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> yes, please. Um, uh, but everybody's singing along, dancing, 
sweating all over each other, uh, all the things that were normal before COVID that, uh, I think people are a little more afraid of now. Um, Mm. but, but it's, it's in a very similar way to where you're, you get that chance to stand in a backyard and drink with a stranger and bond over, you know, what band is on their t-shirt or, um, the kind of music you're listening to or whatever it is. Uh, it, it builds a community that you don't always get when you're in a club where they're blaring loud music in between changeovers for bands. Mm -hmm. And, and as a band, there's no green room. There's no, there's no escaping. I mean, you can sit in your van, I guess. Uh, but there's no escaping being right there with people and that human interaction. And, it, it builds this community that I understand is built at, at house concerts. And I think at the core of what both of them are, they may look different, but I think at the core of both of them, the goal and the effect is the exact same thing. And so it, do you, Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, it's funny because I think that the two communities are so similar. Yeah, it does seem like that is uh, just from hearing you talk about it seems to be the case. Do you often go back to the same? Cause I, I feel like what happens with um, like the trap rock parrot community is like, you know, you have somebody in your town does the house concerts and like, they'll bring in a musician and then, you know, everybody like be, basically becomes friends with that musician. And then they'll bring in the same musician again the next year. Do you tend to like, go back to the same houses because you've built relationships with those people, like when you tour each year, or is it usually like different places? Yeah. As long as the house still exists, we typically go back. Um, and I, as long as you didn't just wreck it the last time. Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, I mean, there's some punk houses that have been around since the eighties and are wow. storied like, and just as you know, a kid who grew up in that town ends up moving in when an older person moves out, gets married, gets a job or whatever. Um, and the house just stays. And then some of them, uh, it's, you know, a college town and you get a group Mm -hmm. of kids who are like, Hey, we have a band and a good way for us to get people to watch our band is bringing other bands here. So let's book shows in the basement. Um, so you have some houses that exist for forever. And then you have some that exist for, you know, a year or two or, some of our favorites existed for about a year and then they moved on to wherever. And so it just, we try, if they exist, we try to come back as many times as we can. Um, we, sometimes we do better in merch sales and uh, what we make off the door and things like that at a house than we would at a club because people mm-hmm. want that, that feeling um, that you can't quite get in a bar or a club or what have you. So, mm. yeah, actually, I hadn't really thought about this before in that context, but definitely also like meeting the like in a house concert setting, like you, you like you said, there's no green room or whatever. You're just the musicians just there you're chatting with them, you're meeting them, you're feeling like you're becoming friends with them, especially if they come back year to year. And I think that inspires a lot more like, oh, I really want to support this person as opposed to 
like as a person, you know, as opposed to just like, oh, well, I like this band. So I'm going to go to their show and like maybe I'll buy a T-shirt or something. I, I don't I don't know why there's like this a little bit of a disconnect, because like obviously the bands I go to at concerts, I like them. So I want to support them, too. And I do buy merch. But there's definitely much more of like a oh, this person that I like, know, I'm going to buy like every CD they have. I'm going to, you know, I'm definitely going to buy something like every time they come and do a house concert, as long as I don't already have everything they, you know, all of their merch, because like, I really want to like support them because I feel like I know them on a personal level. Um, So that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way before. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the as, as on the artist side of it, that's the fun part is we build relationships. I, we have, there's a house in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma called Rudy's because uh, it was owned by a dude named Rudy. And we all probably took years off of our life being in there because there was black mold on the ceiling and all of that. Oh. But we got in this back room and packed all these people in and we built lifelong relationships just because not only did we have a blast playing music but we you couldn't escape people at this house whether you're out in the yard or you're in the in the house you couldn't ex- escape having conversations and so uh, we had one guy who's now a close friend of ours but every show we could count on him being there before we ever got there and he would sit in mm-hmm. our van with us and hang out and so it, it, and I'm, I'm the type of person that I support bands a little bit more when I build that relationship with them. If you're my friend and you come to town, I'm buying your shirt. I'm buying oh, 100%. your yeah. record, whatever it is you're coming through that, like you said, if I don't already have it, I'm buying it because there's a personal connection. I feel like I'm not just buying a cool band's merch, but I'm also, I get to wear a shirt that's my friend and somebody says, that's a cool shirt. And I get to be like, yeah, it's my buddy Joe's band or whatever. And there's a personal connection that I now get to share with other people. So. Yeah. um, Speaking of that, do you guys have merch? Like can people buy your stuff online or do you only have stuff at shows? We, uh, so (laughs) this week I will be, uh, can I get a t-shirt is the point of this question. Very soon, yes. We uh, we okay. this week. I am setting up our uh, new online store, um, and we will have uh, merch specific to this record that I think you will find very cool. Um, yes, that's what I I had a feeling. I'd be like, if even if it's just like the cover or something, even if it just is like the name of the EP, I would definitely buy a shirt. That yes. <laughs> so. Uh, and- the plan is July 9th, we're, uh, this is actually, I'll plug this, um, July 9th, we're on a compilation, uh, our cover Margaritaville, but it's a little bit different than what is on the EP, um, is going to be on a compilation called Cheese Pizza in Paradise, Volume 1, um, where our friends, the Plastic Flamingos, who are also a, they are far more, like, their whole thing is being a parrot head punk rock band. Oh, cool. Um, so there are others out there. There are. There's the biggest one is this band called the Albrights. It's a couple of guys from bigger punk bands, and they're also a Jimmy Buffett uh, punk rock band. Um, they do a few records here and there, but uh, we're putting out this compilation. Um, Plastic Flamingos do a cover of Cheeseburger in Paradise on it. 
Um, but July 9th, we're dropping that. And we'll also have for sure by then the first shirt for our patron saints merch drop up. Cool. Um, yeah. So we will have some stuff online. Uh, we're kind of having to be better about that than we were um, now that things are so odd with right. coming out of COVID and, and just now we're about to start playing shows, things like that. We're kind of having to shift how we did things. So we will have a better merch presence online very soon. And can you, are you going to have a website or um, just like, what are you going to sell through? Uh, can you sell through Bandcamp? I believe we can. I believe we're going through store envy. Oh, okay. So as soon as I, I should have that set up tomorrow and I, or Tuesday and I'll send you the link for that. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, no rush. Yeah. Just when you do send me the link and I can retroactively add it to the show notes for this podcast in case anyone um, is listening to it down the line more um, and wants to check that out. And it's funny because the, the cheese pizza in paradise, um, the cover for that compilation is really awesome, but also the skeleton is eating pepperoni pizza. <laughs> I, like, that's not cheese pizza. <laughs> that's funny. I did not notice that. <laughs> um, I mean, not that would, would, that wouldn't affect like whether or not I would like buy that album or a shirt or something, but I was just like, wait a minute, that pizza has pepperoni. <laughs> it, it does have pepperoni on. I'm looking at it right now. You're not wrong. That's funny. Um, but it's, that's also a really cool cover, uh, of that. I would totally buy that on a shirt too. <laughs> I think we're talking about doing some shirts. So cool. Yeah. Okay. So people should, in addition to checking out your EP patron saints of paradise vibes, people should also check out the cheese pizza and paradise compilation so they can hear, um, the other jams too. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I wanted to ask you, bef- um, about the other guys in the band, like, have you, I mean, you told your whole story and did you just sort of like usher them along in this? Like, do any of them know, care about Jimmy or did care about Jimmy Buffett before this? Or were you just kind of like, Hey guys, we should do this. It'd be fun. Um, like what, how do, how are they feeling about Jimmy Buffett? Are they just like, cool. Or they're like, yeah, Jimmy Buffett's rad. I definitely ushered it along. And I think there is a huge part of it that is them just entertaining everything I'm doing. Um, but, uh, I also know that they all like Jimmy Buffett. Um, we've talked about after I went to the last Jimmy Buffett concert that, uh, was in Dallas, the last, the only one I went to, I talked with all of them about going and they're all on board. So they all, uh, they entertain it, but they are fans. They do appreciate Jimmy. Um, they also just are good friends and they entertain what we're doing and they trust the vision that I have sometimes when it seems a little wacky. And that's cool. so, yeah, they're all, uh, but, but everybody's very, we love beaches and, and water and that type of thing. So everybody's very on that vibe. Uh, and it's actually funny. We all, we, we recorded this in a cabin uh, in Bluffdale, Texas and kind of our whole thing when we were there was just like, let's be as paradise vibey as we can while we're here. Uh, so we locked ourselves in a cabin and just buffeted out for <laughs> a weekend. So. Well, definitely Texas, uh, I think ha- as a state has a lot of that kind of, um, 
vibe. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, just, there's, like, you got the goals. Like, you just got a lot going on there. I feel like there's a lot of parrot heads in Texas, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, so what are, let's just give, what are the names of the other guys? Like, I don't even know yeah. the rest of the band's names. Give them a shout out. Yeah, perfect. So, uh, Blake Gunter is our lead guitar player. He's the guy that does all the crazy riffing on the guitar, on the record. He also is the mad scientist behind engineering, producing, mixing, and mastering the whole thing. So just about everything you hear uh, is his his idea beyond, uh, basically, I write the core of every song, lyrics, rhythm, guitar, and then we all work together to get the basics. And then he comes in and he does whatever he feels like doing on the guitar and takes every song to a different level. Um, uh, so he's, he's kind of the, the mad scientist behind that. In fact, uh, Margaritaville on the record, um, I should shout out some other people. He had this idea, he was playing with it and he finally was like, this is missing something. It needs something. So he was like, I'm going to reach out to some friends. So on Margaritaville, there's a friend's brace, fra- brace face from Maryland, Sarcasm from California, uh, Frankie Moon, and the Dave Matthews's band. Um, uh, from that's a that's a good one. right uh, from Maine, and then Dave Matthews band is like my husband's Jimmy Buffett. That's like how I feel about Jimmy Buffett is kind of like how my husband feels. You know, about Dave I, I feel like Dave Matthews band has that same type of fan base vibe. Yeah, um, for sure. And then our buddy Guillaume from. Canada. He has, does solo music. He's also in a band called Lust Love. He's from Montreal. Uh, oh, he also cool. is one of the big, big wigs at a festival out there called Pusa Fest. So if you ever feel like going to a punk rock festival, that's the one I think every parrot head would have the most fun at. It's hmm. it's all about drinking and having a good time. And it's in Montreal and it's a blast. Um, and everybody there has that paradise vibe. Um, so it's it's a good time. But they all... Uh, we reached out and they kind of took it, did all these woes and group vocals and took that song to the next level. Um, and if you listen to it, you'll notice that we do have the salt chant. Um, <laughs> yeah. We we felt that that was something that was necessary in our take on the song. Um, so he was the one that asked all of them to do it. He's he's a genius. That's Blake. Um, our bass player is Clayton Newman. Um, he and I started the band. He's been in the band uh, well, technically I started, I was going to play bass and then I decided I couldn't play bass along with the guy that was playing guitar at the time. And so I just sang and Clayton came in and had no clue how to play bass, but he figured it out and he stuck it out with me. Um, and then our drummers, John Paul Thomas, and uh, that dude goes out on a kayak every single day and drinks White Claw and has probably <laughs> the most Paradise vibes out of any of us. So I mean, yeah, just... Chilling on a on the water, drinking white claw. Yep. That's that's a vibe for sure. So yeah, those. Well, are... That sounds like a great group of guys. Yeah, yeah, they're they're awesome. Um, do you guys ever come to Oregon? Um, we, I don't know that we've ever played Oregon. I should mm. preface: we drove through, we've driven straight through once, and we went and we hung out in Portland with some friends once. Um, every show we've tried to book out there has fallen through. Uh. That's not to say we will not play there. We will, as soon as we can get out to the West Coast, that's kind of on our the top of our list is we've got a lot of friends in California that have done everywhere on the West and we want to tour with them so we can play everywhere on the West and we can play Oregon. Mm-hmm. So hopefully 
if not before the end of this year, 2022, we will absolutely be doing Oregon. Well, definitely let me know if you ever will be out here. Um, like I said, I'm, I haven't really like been to punk shows before, but now that we've chatted and like, obviously this album is right up my alley. I would totally, if, if I could, depending on the circumstances, I would totally try and come and see you for sure. That would be awesome. I would love to see you there. So you were getting, you are getting back more into doing gigs and stuff. Like are people, can people be like looking out for coming up shows that you're going to be doing? Yeah. So right now we are the, the only thing that is official and we are doing that we've announced uh, is July 23rd. We're playing in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, I've already told the guys that we're going to get out there early and we're going to go to the Bossier City Margaritaville. Um, <laughs> Got to get that inspiration. Yes, you know, for the- absolutely. Uh, so we'll be in Shreveport, Louisiana at a place called Bears on July 23rd, July 24th. We're playing a matinee, a 2 p.m. show at Division Brewing in Arlington. Um, cool. And that's a pre-show an unofficial pre-show for the Green Day Fallout Boy Weezer show that's happening in Arlington that day. Oh, cool. Um, and then <clears throat> July 25th, we're playing in Austin at a place called Kick Butt Coffee. That's also a, I believe, a three o'clock matinee, um, which I'm all about these matinee shows being a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But those are all three of those are with our friends from Austin called The Butts. The Butts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I saw... Um a poster or something for them. Yeah. It's like the, the classic like surfboard. Yep. What movie is that? that? Like in, in the summer. Is that the, yeah, something like that. I'm not, I'm not like totally hip with the surfing culture, but <laughs> yeah. I think most people would know what that is. Like that one movie yep. that's about surfing and you, it's like the most iconic like poster where it's just like the person with the surfboard and the, um, also the butts is a hilarious. Name. Yes. It is hilarious. <laughs> and they're, they're an awesome, awesome, funny band. So <laughs> super cool. Yeah. Um, I just, before we wrap it up, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned that like, you think that like Jimmy is punk rock and like, what do you like, what about Jimmy or like his music? Do you think like, n- like what's your argument for him being in like the punk category? Okay. So Jimmy Buffett is punk rock. <laughs> what's your elevator? <laughs> Be- because he from the start was doing, was writing songs that would never uh, fully fit into the country category when he was going for Mm -hmm. that would never fully fit in kind of like I talked about earlier with the rock category. Um, And eventually stumbled on this thing where he was like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to do my own thing. And that's the most punk rock thing you can do is say, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go my direction, going to do what I want to do. And he's done that ever since. And he's absolutely been, himself 100% and I think that's the most punk rock thing you can do and he's taken it he's like you know what people thought I wasn't going to be anything when I put out my first record and now I have hotels all over the world uh and I I think I just think he's he's punk rock he's got this attitude of if you don't like it go away but I want you to like it come in uh but if you do like it like let's be best friends yeah and that's kind of the mentality (laughs) of punk is it's like if you don't like it see you later uh but if you like it, you're a part of the family. And I feel like that's yeah. the, the Jimmy Buffett attitude. That's how he is. And so uh, he's absolutely punk rock. I, I yeah, believe it. Yeah, that's a very good point. Like he, 
just did his thing and he didn't, you know, he tried to make it in Nashville and he like didn't really because his thing just wasn't what was popular there at the time. And, but he didn't really want to compromise his thing. So he just like kept doing it until he found his people, you know, that were like, yeah, this is also a thing that we like. And I, and it's a very good point that he just like has continued, like, if you listen to all his albums, like they're so also different from each other, but that also goes to show that he's just following his heart and doing like what he wants to do and not just like, Oh, I feel like I need to like make Margaritaville again because that's what people like, you know, like every album is different and every album speaks to like what, who he was at that point, what he was doing, like where he, like the traveling he was doing in his life or whatever. So he's definitely very much just, um, yeah, done his thing and how he wants to do it and not catered to, you know, what he thought people would want to hear, but somehow all of us were just like, great, we do want to hear all of this, you know, even though like it is a lot of his albums are super different. I just feel like most people are down with all of them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cool. Well, um, one more question before we wrap this up. Uh, well, before we get to the important things at the end, do you, I don't know if you drink, so if you don't, then like, you don't have to answer this, but what's your favorite, like alcoholic beverage of choice, or I guess just beverage of choice. If you don't drink, um, Ah, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a big... So this is very important for, you know, parrotheads to know about drinking. Yes. What's your favorite drink? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I, my go-tos are a Mai Tai or a Pina Colada. Mm-hmm. So. Mai Tais are good. Um, you mentioned that, like, you're doing a show at a brewery. Is that, like, a kind of venue that you guys play at often? I've never really like seen shows at breweries before. Yeah. This one is, uh, one we play at pretty often. Um, they're pretty cool. They have a little record store and they let us do little punk rock shows. So yeah, that's, uh, cool. not too often, but we've done it every once in a while. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My ties, I feel like my ties are ones that like, I never really think about, but then whenever I have one, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is really good. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> I know? love a good my tie. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, now for the important things before we leave, uh, let's talk about uh, what charity you picked for this podcast episode. Um, I picked uh, Dallas. Sorry, I, Dallas Hope Center uh, or Dallas Hope Charities. They run a place called Dallas Hope Center, and it's um, Dallas's only LGBTQ plus focused homeless youth center. Oh, great! Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. That's that's where that's uh, the charity that I picked for this. Cool, yeah. I'll we'll get the um, website and I'll put that in the show notes so people can go check it out. And then um, for anyone who's <clears throat> I didn't really explain this in the beginning, but for anyone who's listening, maybe listening to this for the first time, uh, I do every episode. I have the um, guest pick a charity so that we can like try and get um, the word out there about different ways to do good. And then um, I, the podcast, which is just me, <laughs> makes a donation. Um, so I, I know like you probably know this, but like parrot heads are pretty into giving back. Jimmy Buffett is really into giving back. So that's an important part of what we do. So I will definitely, I encourage everyone to go check out um, that organization. I'll post the link for it um, and we will be making a little donation over there. Awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, okay. So 
uh, we need to know about where all the people can find you. Like I said, I'll post your stuff in the show notes, but like if they just want to look it up, um, what are your socials or the, the band? Um, uh, you know, where can they find your music? All of that. Yeah. So pretty much on everything, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we are at dead words, TX, um, or facebook.com slash dead words, TX. Uh, and that's where you're going to find the bulk of our posting, uh, especially Instagram. That's where I do the most, uh, and then music-wise, we're streaming on everything, um, but Spotify and Bandcamp would be our number one and number two places we recommend that you go and check us out. Um, and you just search Dead Words and we'll, we'll pop up. Awesome. Okay, yeah, so everybody go check that out. Uh, and thank you, Garrett, so much for being here. I really appreciate that you like I said like this would never have come like I never would have thought of this it never would have happened if you hadn't you know reached out so I really appreciate you um making the effort (laughs) um and it was really lovely to talk to you yeah thank you it was awesome to talk to you thank you for uh humoring me and and doing this uh I know that was it's not your normal thing and so I I greatly appreciate that you uh had me on I think that's awesome yeah, it's not it's not the normal thing, but that's kind of um, you know I want I want that to be I don't want to just have the same episode every week you know I wanted to have fun interesting things and like part because I didn't know um, you know I didn't even know there was a whole section of the punk scene out there that was like a Jimmy Buffett vibes <laughs> type of you know like yeah. I didn't know there were multiple punk bands that did like trop rock music or trop punk music basically so. Um, I'm sure many people listening to this podcast also didn't know that, but like now that I know that I'll probably like listen to that more, you know? Um, So I am excited that to bring something new to the people uh, if, you know, Jimmy Buffett fans love music, if nothing else. um, I mean, lots of the trop rock musicians that sort of have been adopted by the parrot head community, you know, a lot of them aren't even that trop rock really, but it's just about, you know, being like cool people and making cool music and stuff. So yeah. um, hopefully people listening will go check out your music. Um, I thought it was pretty great. Like I said, I don't have any uh, qualifications about <laughs> judging punk <laughs> music, but I thought it was a good time. So <laughs> hopefully people will go um, and check that out and have learned something new today. Well, awesome. Thank you. Sorry. My daughter just, no, joined, okay. just joined me. Um, well, thank you. I, yeah. I hope people enjoy it. Uh, I hope that even if punk isn't your thing, you can under, you can catch the vibe that we have. And yeah, the fact that you, you did, I, that means the world. So that's awesome. Yeah, totally. And yeah, like I said, if you're ever in Oregon, I'll maybe try and make it if I can. Um, I would love to get an idea of what that is like in person. Um, and I definitely will buy a shirt. So heck yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for being here. um, And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Awesome. Thank you. You too. All right. So thanks uh, so much for listening to that. Like I said, I hope you really listened to the whole interview because it was great. I thought it was, (laughs) I mean, I might be biased. (laughs) I thought it was so great. You guys, um, No, I really did. And I just, once again, thank you so much to Garrett for coming on. Um, And just thank you for being a listener of this podcast. Like, that's so amazing to me that 
He listens to the podcast already. He then has a band that is like doing Jimmy Buffett stuff. He reached out to me. Like, I love it. I love all of it. Um, And I just had a really nice time chatting with him. And I do, like I said, I am not a punk. Like I've never been to a punk show really. Um, I've been to um, like music festivals that had punk bands, but like I never really like went, you know, like there's always multiple stages happening and, um, but I would definitely be down to go to a sh- one of their shows just to like see what it's like and um, get the vibes, meet them in person. Like I had no idea going into this that the punk scene is kind of similar to the parrot head Jimmy Buffett fan scene in kind of that sense of community and family. And I think that's really cool and special um, when you can find that places. So, so yeah, I just, I just, um, just had such a great, <laughs> um, you know, and I feel like I'm just like, oh my God, every episode's so great. But it like really one of the things I appreciate about doing this podcast is just getting to meet people like Garrett and getting to hear different perspectives, um, learn new things about uh, people, but also just about topics that I don't know much about, like punk. Um, and uh, this album, this EP is pretty cool. Like it, getting to listen to, Jimmy Buffett type music, but punk style is just like a really cool thing that I didn't know existed. And so I'm really happy to have had the chance um, to learn about it and to talk with Garrett. So hopefully you all enjoyed it as well. I think that's all for this episode. Um, If you would like to reach out to me, uh, you can do that at blameitonbuffettpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have thoughts or feelings, or if you were like, this was so cool that to hear about this punk band, or if you were like, this sucked, <laughs> you can say that. I probably will still just have whatever guess I want on. I, I appreciate your feedback though, still. Um, and <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on social media, it's at Blame Buffett Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And also, I think you can do that on Facebook or just search Blame It on Buffett Podcast on Facebook. Um, obviously go follow dead words on their social media. If you want to like keep in touch or, you know, follow along with what they are up to. Um, where else can you find me? Oh, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, please, uh, leave a rating. If you feel moved to do so, um, that really helps get the word out there. Um, like my podcast will show up more on, lists and searches and stuff, the more ratings and comments it has. So if you're feeling good about what's happening, please go um, leave a message or leave a comment on there or just, or you can just do like a rating star rating without leaving a comment if you don't want to. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate people who are sharing and, or just letting me know that they listened. Like, it's so nice to know that I'm not just yelling into the void. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone once again, who's listening on Tiki Man Radio. That's on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can check that out over there. Um, They also have a lot of other great shows. Uh, The Sunday morning live show is like one of my favorites. I watch that basically every Sunday that I can. Um, So you can check that out on Tiki Man Radio as well. And I think that's it. Um, Oh, if you want to support the podcast, there is a support button on Anchor. Um, It's kind of like Patreon style, but don't feel the need to do that if you don't want to. I, but I certainly appreciate it. Like I, I said, I'm 
uh, starting to use, I don't know if I said this. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say it now. I'm starting to use my new mic. I'm using it right now. Um, and actually, that's another thing. If you are listening and I would love to know uh, how you think this is sounding. Um, so I'm using the new mic now compared to my old headset um, that I was using. I, I'd i love to hear your, your feedback. Like, does it sound better? Worse? Like, the room is a little echoey, I think, but hopefully not too bad. So yeah, I would just love to hear what you're thinking about this new mic setup and how it sounds. Um, and that was uh, paid for in part by support from listeners. So thank you so much to everyone who does that. If you do support, let me know and I will send you stickers. Um, I can't really see even full names sometimes or content. Like the, the information they give you about your supporters is like very minimal. So I can't necessarily send you stickers unless you reach out to me and say like, hey, and I'm, I know that's kind of weird to be like, I support your podcast, but I do not feel weird about it. I feel great that I could then send you some stickers. So if you would like stickers and you're a supporter, reach out. I think I've sent them to everyone who's a supporter so far. So, but if I missed you, please let me know. Um, I go, okay, I think that is all. Um, thanks as always for listening. Um, and until next time, remember, if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen out there. Blame it on Buffett. He was my hero from way in the past. And I sang his songs and had island dreams before I ever read the main up a mask. Blame it on Buffett. We took the road less traveled upon. And though he beat me there, well, I'm enjoying the journey. 